Impact 89FM's video game podcast for hot takes and industry news. Welcome to Joysticks. All right. Let's get this show on the road. Let's do it. Yeah. Welcome back to Joysticks. Welcome back. Welcome back. Wipe your feet as you come in. Please take off your shoes. This is a no-shoes household. (laughs) You know, do you need some water while you get in? You know, some snacks or whatever? We got the good ones. Name like, name brand only. Ooh. That's how we roll. Uh, I'm Matt. You know me. He, him, his pronouns. I'm Rowan. I use he, they pronouns. And we are sadly down one member today. Yes. Mason is somewhere. He's, he's out of state. I yes, don't think he told us why, yeah, but you know somewhere. what? He's doing his thing. He's probably visiting family or something. True. Honestly, good for him. Good for Mason. Getting good out of state. Him, right? You know, seeing the world. <laughs> seeing the expansive Midwest and all of the corn it has to offer. All that corn. Look at All him that go. empty field. Well, especially now because it's winter. There's no corn. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> There's no corn. There's just field. I'm having an existential crisis. If we don't have <laughs> corn, what do we have? Other you than, know what like, we do have? Sadness. We, we have Pokemon. And that's the topic for today. You know what? You're right. We do. Yeah, we were going to have, I might as well say it because we've promised the viewers, what, twice now that we were going to have them with a surprise? I think we teased it like once and then we explicitly mentioned it twice. And yeah. But we were going to have a guest fine. on. We're, yeah. It's Hopefully chill. we have it next time. But True. For right now, it is just going to be the two of us discussing our Pokemon opinions because I don't think we've had. A really just opinion based episode. Yeah. Yet. We've been very business. We haven't been like forcibly separated by the university because of our hot takes quite yet. Right? And I need to experience that. <laughs> I think we could start off with kind of relating back to last episode and discussing the new Pokemon, uh, the fourth generation remakes, po- Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, because I just started it. Oh, like you, you didn't like you haven't completed the game yet. Like you just no. started. <laughs> I played like two <laughs> hours, and I managed to get back. Like I think I got past the tutorial. There's, a, I thought the tutorial is just in. Ju- it took you two hours to get past Jubilife City. Mm-mm. It was like, was it Jubilife City? That's where they give you like the poke, the, the poketch. Yeah, the which I thought was called the poketech until I started reading. Like, I did the same thing. I I literally did not know that it was called the poketch until is. Did they rename it, or am I just dumb? No, I think it was always called the Poketch. Okay, I'm just But dumb. we're both just dumb. You know what? <laughs> and it we both really like... do be like that sometimes, because it just, it just sounds like it makes so much more sense otherwise, and you know what? It's not cash money. But I, I streamed it, so I was kind of just doing whatever, but yeah, that tutorial takes a while. Even uh-huh. without... I mean, granted, I did grind like a tiny bit. You honestly... So I grinded like a tiny bit just to because... I'm not quite sure how it is, but in Platinum, when you go to Wayward Cave and you can get, like, Gibble and stuff, mm-hmm. I think you only need Rock Smash to get Gibble in, in Platinum, Um, but you need Strength in at least this game. I'm not quite sure because I have I don't replay Diamond or Pearl when Platinum is available. Right. Um, So I'm not quite sure if this is something they just did, like, for this specific game or if it is a faithful remake, but you can only get Gibble, like, after the sixth gym leader, and it's a nightmare. I don't feel like that was a thing in the past. Yeah, I, think I, it, I, think I feel it like was... it was Rock Smash, but yeah. I could be totally wrong. I don't know. It's been a while. But like that's the only reason why I grinded. Like, right. like the honestly, like you will be over leveled 
just because I've completed the game, you will be over-leveled for everything except Cynthia. And, like, Cynthia's really not that hard if you plan around her team, which, you know, chances are if you're using the tried-and-true Gen 4 team, you'll you'll be fine. I played on set using, like, all Pokemon that I never used in my runs before, so, it, like, Cynthia was actually hard for me because I had a, I had a, a gap yeah. in my team because I refused to use, like, Staraptor or Luxray. And I just wanted to make it a little bit more interesting of a playthrough than, ooh, I'm reliving my childhood and I love Pokemon Diamond. But honestly, Cynthia's hard, at least like for my garbage team. But, you know. <laughs> I remember her being hard the first, like in the original game. Well, when I was, well, like I know for a fact that what I did, because I looked at my. The oldest surviving file that I have for a Pokemon game is my Kavya Platinum, which I've had since the third grade. Or it might be Gale of Darkness, which either way, like my starter was level like 87 when I went to the Elite Four. Right. So basically, just a quick question. Did you use healing items when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so dumb. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know me just brute forcing yeah, you everything. Yeah, gave it a challenge. Yeah, because you just gain enough levels until you hit Surf. And everything dies. Oh my gosh! No, I I was a wimp, and I used healing items during battle. I, I might see. try to give myself a little bit of challenge if yeah, that's the case. Like I played on, I played on. Uh, was it, is it set? Like set that's... is when it they just throw out the next. Yeah, Pokemon. yeah, that's what I played it on. Which it's like I said, like the game even still is a cakewalk, except for Cynthia. Like if you, like just by virtue of just like the structure of the games, because Cynthia is just legitimately the only like hard trainer in the games even the second gym you thought gardenia is hard with roserade listen okay i had a cadabra i had like a level 24 cadabra yeah at like i just clapped like roserade saw nothing <laughs> like roserade died i'm sorry the exp all is so broken in those games that like I noticed that. And one of the, th I don't know if like, because I didn't even grind. Like I always, my my thesis for when I play games is battle every trainer, kill every wild Pokemon. Mm -hmm. You know, like as to be expected. And I was over, I was so over leveled. There's something weird that happened because like, even though like the tutorial is shoved down your throat, because I swear to God, every, tr like every NPC in the first two towns were like, hey, did you know that if you get damaged, you can go to the Pokemon Center to heal? And if you get damaged too much, your Pokemon will not be able to fight. And I was like, okay, cool. You got anything else for me? But I saw a sign that was outside, and I don't know why I was just, like, looking around because it's the same stuff. But it mentioned that, like, the more Pokemon you have in battle, the more experience you have, like, you get. What? I, I noticed it. I think, so... Again, I like I like, like if you switch in a team of six, you get more than just. So what I think it was because I gained more. First of all, experience is based off level. So because I had like a level like seven Turtwig, and I caught a level four Shanks. I beat one Pokemon, same level. My Turtwig got more experience than my Shanks, which is weird in my opinion. So I think it's like it's proportional to the level. I yeah I noticed that like my so when I had like a team of six like the lowest level Pokemon would get the most out of the EXP share of the Pokemon that wasn't in battle 
Yeah. Wait. But then I also saw that when I switched the Pokemon, I got more experience. And the one that ended the battle got the most experience. So, like, if I started with my Tortuig and then I switched in my Shinx, my Shinx got the most experience. But I think, like, the experience was, like, doubled or something. I think it's always been like that. Or has it always been just, like, it just gives, like, the Pokemon out in battle just a larger share of the experience? Granted... It, it, they weren't like side by side like it is right it was just a wall of text and little me was just like okay cool i got levels okay next battle that, that when i when i saw that i was like that's that's weird like i knew like from what you're saying i feel like i'm gonna be way over leveled if i don't like stop myself honestly like it i i feel like that being over leveled is fine in that game but I think like Barry, the rival, that's what he's named in the anime. I don't know like if that's just his vanilla name. I think so. Um I don't know if they nerfed him because he did not have like any Pokemon that were actually good until like the league. Cause you know how you always battle the rival right mm-hmm. before the Pokemon League. Like literally, I was in Snowpoint City and this man had a Munchlax. Oh this gosh. man had a like a Staravia. And I'm like, what? I also like, think they took out some battles. Yeah, like because I because was... I went to Jubilee, and of course Dawn stops you. And I was in, like, I was half expecting a battle from her, right? But I don't remember if she did. But then I went to the Pokemon School. Yeah, because you used to have to battle in the Pokemon. That's school, what right? I thought. But then he just left, and I was like, what? What, what happened? What, why? Why are you forcing me to be here then? Because like, what is it? I know like. I know in, like, black and white, like, the first gym is literally modeled around the Pokemon school, which is a really smart idea. Right. But, like, the whole point of, like, leaving the Pokemon school in is to give people who are unfamiliar with the turn-based RPG like Pokemon insight into how to battle if it isn't, like, already painfully obvious. Right. That's what I thought, because there are two kids in the, in, in the school that are like, hey, we are an optional battle. If you win against both of us, we will give you a TM. Uh, which, speaking of TMs, before I get on this rant, they now they're one-time use again. Which is like, I mean, I guess fine, but like, why not just see? Because was it were all the ones in Sword and Shield like records that you could only use once, or was it a I, little bit of both? I thought it was HMs were removed. Good. And then TMs were unlimited use. Yeah. No. Starting in black and white. They made TMs unlimited use. Right. But then they introduced the record system in Sword and Shield, and I think those were one use. And then they reverted it back for, I guess, continuity, which which think, doesn't make sense. Which I think is important. Just, let's get to t- like TMs in a minute. But you would have these two kids, and it'd be an optional battle, but you had like two, three trainer battles just outside Jubilife. Like, what's the point of those kids other than to get a TM? Right. But with TMs, we had discussed this before the episode, it's a weird balance that Nintendo has when trying to reserve continuity while also keeping standard with the recent games. And I think it's no better than TMs because once the kid was like, hey, you only get to use this once, I was like, "What? wait, what? This changed. Why is this... Like, I knew it growing up, like, it was a one-time use. But you have people who may have just, like, like you said, may have just started with black and white. Now they're like, oh, this is a one-time use. That was never like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, 
I guess I get it from terms of just trying to be like a purist and trying to stick to the source material. But at the end of the day, like the whole point of like each sequential title is to integrate them with one another. Mm -hmm. And it's just so strange that they would choose to do that. Like, I don't know. Does And they did it with uh, Alpha Ruby and Omega Sapphire or whatever it was, like right. the remakes, because they had Mega Evolutions. Right. And that wasn't part of that. I mean, because... Do do they have? I don't know if they. I haven't done. I haven't touched the game since uh, I beat the champion because I wanted a break. Like, do you know for a fact if they have Mega Evolutions in uh, in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? I don't think they do because they have the fairy type, which like I understand why, but like you know, if you're seriously gonna like retcon that of all things, right? Like. What's the point of keeping it consistent? Like, I get not having Mega Evolutions because, like, the past three generations, it's always been, like, a new gimmick. And they're also broken. Yes. Like, unbelievably broken if you, they gave you a free Mega Lucario. Right. And then plus all new models that apparently Nintendo doesn't want to model. Like, like you're saying, like, now they have a fairy type that wasn't in the original game, but there's mechanics that were in the original game that they kept it's 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 a strange thing with continuity and we discussed it kind of last episode when we were discussing like the difference between a remaster versus a remake but i think this is none of it <laughs> like for what it's yeah, for what it is because it's like it's too bare bones and there's not enough change for it to be a, a remake mm -hmm. but it's too different to be considered a true remaster right like it's it's just occupies this this strange like subspace between them mm -hmm. where it's just in this gray area and i just i don't know how to feel about it because on one hand i think the game does a fine job of being a pokemon game however it just pains me that they willingly threw away any potential they had to fix a lot of like to be fair, they did fix the pacing because nobody wants to sit through the entirety of the original Diamond and Pearl's slog of a playthrough. Right. But that's it. Like there was there like there's the the fire type deficiency still exists even with the underground. Like sure you can catch a hound doom, but that does that doesn't inject like uh more Pokemon in the like overworld that you can catch. Like the diversity issue is still there. Right. And like the the underground is also like so different than the original map. Like the the map is completely new. Um, a lot of the items that you can get you cannot find. Like plates, dummy rare. Like they are so so rare that uh, I spent like like three three hours I want to say in the underground just like vibing because that was my favorite part of the game when I was right. a kid. Um, I, remember, I found two I remember, plates. Yeah, I remembered it being more like secret bases than like an item hunt. Like the items were just like, oh, you can kind of do this if you want. Like this isn't like a necessary thing. I think unless you were like trading stuff, like for like those trade items. Things. Right. But now it just sounds like, yeah, if you want you if you want you know to be good, you gotta do it. You gotta sit here for three hours and grind it out. Yeah, no. And also, like, aside from just, like, those items, which is, like, you, you don't need them, mm -hmm. the thing is, though, like, which I actually do applaud because in the underground they have rooms now uh, that can have, like, they're basically, like, spawn points for Pokemon. And, like, rare good, actually, like, good Pokemon can spawn there. Like, Magby, 
and Elekid and the respective versions oh, spawn yeah, yeah. there. Like Magnemite will spawn there, so you can get a Magnazone. Um, Gligar will spawn there, even though you can't get Gliscor until the post game, which I did not know because I planned my entire team to have a Gliscor on it, <laughs> and I was in for a very rude awakening right. when I like was went on Serebi. Like, all right, finally got my Gligar. How am I gonna get this into a Gliscor? And it was a very dark day for me. Like, <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm saying. It, 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 this for what for what it is, it does scratch my nostalgia itch. I love the music. I love what they did with oh it. Oh my god, the music! Like, honestly, it's worth it for the soundtrack alone. Just like here, like there's some songs that I think are worse, but for the vast majority, the vast they're majority, bang, banger is, after banger. It has improved so much, and it it just like definitely playing through it i was just like oh my gosh like i remember like these moments like as a kid like that definitely just scratched my nostalgia itch. but as we're saying it's just weirdly like they cherry pick certain things that they were like okay we're gonna change this but it doesn't flow well in my opinion with those changes like you said with the gliscor like why would you have a gligar and not have the ability to evolve it in the main game Especially because with post game, I'm like, because I was thinking about this when I was playing it. I was like, oh yeah, like Soul Silver and Heart Gold. I don't know if they had it for the originals. I didn't play the originals. Like they had a whole other region with a whole new set of gyms. Like that felt like a significant post game. I don't know about. I mean, to be fair, in Heart Gold Soul Silver, the Kanto region is pretty underdeveloped, but it's still like an except. It's still like. A huge option of like optional gameplay that you have. Like right. I like I still can't knock it, but I will say that it is underdeveloped. It I won't get that wrong. Like it's definitely underdeveloped. But like with that and then the black and white version of the post game, like you had like a whole whole other half of the region to explore. With like Diamond and Pearl, like it always felt like, okay, you're done. Okay, go do the battle center and then maybe you can challenge the Elite Four again. Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's one of the issues that I've always had with every single Pokemon game is because once like Harkold, so, you know, once they started like integrating stuff like, you know, like the, the battle tower, uh, you know, they actually started building towards making a worthwhile post game. Like they were really going towards it. They perfected it with Black and White 2, the Pokemon World Tournament, like every single gym leader from every single region that you could play in a gauntlet match. There's so many legendaries that you could get. Mm-hmm. There's so many, you know, Pokemon that you could find in the post game from other regions, and it was just perfect. And then in X and Y, you just have the Fred Safari. Yep. Like, and I just, I just, I just don't know what happened because I literally have, I think, I want to say, seven hundred hours in my copy of Black. Yep. Like, I love that game so much. I have like five hundred in Black Two, my original copy. Because those games were just so well done. They were so fun to play. They had so much content that you could just pour yourself into. Not just and... the content, but the story as well. I remember just, it was like uh, 2011. Like, I just started getting into RP- like real RPGs, not like... Right, yeah, not just Pokemon. <laughs> not just Pokemon. Uh, but the story drew, drew me in. And I'm like, this is what Pokemon could be. Like, a story-based game around battling and stuff and that's why like 
speaking of Pokemon, that's why I love Pokemon Conquest. Oh my god, Rowan. Like, I love oh, Pokemon Conquest. Pokemon Conquest is so good. And it had, it like, was it a good story? It's debatable. It was fine. It was, no, it was fine. fine, but the game, oh, the for, gameplay for and the a, replayability. For the Pokemon <laughs> series, I think it was a phenomenal, it was one of the better it is stories. the best spinoff in terms of gameplay, just, just flat out, just like engaging gameplay. Oh my God. It's so yes. good. Oh my God. It is. But with that and then black and white, black and white too, I was just like, what is happening to the Pokemon series? Like, where are these stories that I'm like, okay, I like I'm invested in the characters. Right. Because like I was like I wasn't invested in X and Y. I didn't care. Yeah, like what is it? Um Tierno. You had like five different rivals. Wh- oh my god. Okay. Tierno is the one with the, the vanilla t shirt. Oh my god, is that that's it? The point. Is that it? Oh my god. No, that's the point. Like, I know that's not it, but that's like that's the only one that I can name off the top of my head. Right. That's the point. X and Y, they were just like, let's throw characters at you. And I couldn't Because even... people loved the characters in black and white and black and Stop white too. And then they were like then we're like, what who are these people? Uh for black and white too, it's Hugh. Like it's silver for Heart Gold Soul Silver, Barry for Diamond Pearl Platinum. Right, but uh, the Alola region, the Sun and Moon. Oh, I couldn't remember the titles. It was no, hop. it's not Hop. It's um. No, that's Sword and Shield. Oh, the Malasada kid. I know what you're talking. Oh, I need to look him up. Okay, but for that one, all like I I wasn't interested by the trailers, so then I watched people play it, and the only thing people kept commenting on was uh, Team Skull and nothing else. And I was like, okay, so, but how? What a- all right, I knew it started with her how? age. It's how. But that's that's what people talked about. They were like, yeah, Team Skull's really good. And I'm like, okay, well, what about the rest of the game? They're like, Team Skull's really good. And I'm like, okay. I honestly, I think how's kind of refreshing in terms of just, like, how they've usually used the rival dynamic. Because, you know, like, Silver is just a bully. Right. Um, With a little bit more character development than Gary. Mm-hmm. May is, May and, uh, is it, is it Brendan? Brendan. Is the, Garbage. I'm sorry. They're garbage. Awful, awful rivals with zero development. Zero development. But Wally is good. Wally is good. Wally's great. Um, Wally should have been the rival. Well, I Wally's technically the rival, but like he should have been presented oh, as more right. than just like the kid that approaches you at the end of the elite, uh, at the end of uh, Victory Road. Right. Like with newfound confidence. Like they should have just dumped May. While uh, May and Brendan got horrible development, the character. And Wally got way more development. And like you said, they should just dump me and Brendan. Like, I just I just don't know. Like, but like, even then, though, like, Wally wasn't like friendly to you. He was just like respectful. Yeah. And um, that was the one thing that I liked about the remakes. They actually gave Wally a bit more uh, development from what I remember. Did they? I mean, I I just hate those games. I mean, I don't hate them. They're perfectly fine games. But just in terms of just like my personal Pokemon tier list, like Oris is at the bottom. Yeah. So like, I just don't remember anything about that game. I remember Wally being more of like, I don't know how to describe it. It was like more of like a potential rival of what I think they were trying to do in the original where they were like, all right, well, you have this kid who's... The uh the kid to a gym leader the, the sickly asthmatic and then you're the kid of Norman yeah and then he's trying to challenge you and then he's like well I keep getting my butt kicked 
So then he has arguments with his family or whatever. And then he eventually gets to Victory Road. And he's like, listen, I made this journey myself. I don't care if I beat you. Again, I might be confusing it with Hop because this sounds exactly like his story. No, I know. I think, no, that's like completely right. Because Hop was, Hop's, I think, like, journey was just like, I want to beat my brother. And then you beat him, which I think is like, honestly, kind of, I think Hop is like, sort of, I think Hop sort of like, learns like the cliche element that like, oh, the reason why you're so strong is because your Pokemon love you, which, you know, it's just fine. You know, it, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of, like, sucks a little bit of the energy out because that's, like, his entire reason. Right. Like, and it's also, like, that would be obvious. Like, of course, they're your friends and you love them. Like, that's, like, the whole point. Like, that yeah. is, like, the relationship aspect of Pokemon is something that's continually talked about in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, the way for, like, Hop to ac- acknowledge something like that. Like, it was just, like, he was completely oblivious to it. It's just something that I, like, that I don't buy. It's literally a mechanic in the game. It's Friendship is a, literally a mechanic. Like, that's why, that's why I always liked, like, uh, N and, well, Hugh? Yeah, N and Hugh, because Sharon and Bianca were fine, but the game did not outright present them to you as rivals the way that they did, like, like, N is, like, Wally 2.0. Right. Bianca and, like, them, they were fine rivals, especially when you pair it with Black and White 2. Right. Because then they weren't. The growth. Oh, my God. They they weren't just oh we, they were literally just your friends and they you were happened just, to battle them yeah now they're like oh we went on separate paths we're no longer the champ we're not vying for the champion Bianca wanted to be the next professor and I was like that girl boss okay also girl <laughs> boss uh but second of all that I wanted an ex- like expansion on that story for other rivals where they're like hey I am taking this Pokemon. Because I like what Dawn could have been in Diamond and Pearl. Right. Where she is like, I am not here to be the champion. That is not my goal. My goal is to help the professor. My goal is to do contest. Have a rival that just expands the world of Pokemon rather than, hey, I'm here, let's battle. Hey, I'm your rival. I also want to be the champion. That's been done. And it's been done better do something different nintendo that's essentially what we're trying to say with this. like even Just... even if they don't like always stick the landing like hugh in black and white his i'm not gonna lie like his his argument like his whole reason for hating team plasma is kind of dumb yes but he completely like the the way they write his character that he completely sticks by the side and he like even acknowledges like I'm not here to be the champion. I'm just here to get my little sister's poor mind back. Right. Which is something that I like completely admire because even if they didn't write it well, it was still like, it still followed like the trend that black and white set up of creating more three dimensional characters that tried to explain like the effects of the games before and just like the world that they live in. And I think if Nintendo did that and provided more variety and typings, with their Pokemon, perfect game. 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. Because, like, honestly, ugh. that is the thing that has gotten me through a lot of different Pokemon Pokemon games. It is the uh, the variety of typing for the starters, specifically the starters. When I'm presented with Fennekin and it turns into a Fire Psychic type, I was like, I don't care what, like, the stats between them. This is my starter because it's different. Like, honestly, you don't even need to do 
like typings like typings would be cool but typings would just obviously you know like the more unique and uh like subversive typings would would just 100% outclass normal pokemon but something that i liked um that they actually did in x and y was so amoras which is i think that i think that's the name of it but it's like the ice dinosaur that you can get that's not like tyrantrum oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that pokemon has a move called freeze dry which is super effective against water types if they added more moves like that, that were able to be learned by, you know, just like any Pokemon that were super effective against, you know, these types that normally they wouldn't be that strong against, that would be able to shake up the meta in such an interesting way without having to completely, like, forego each generation's meta. Right. It would be able to integrate them in such a creative and honestly an easy way so once you get past, like, the balancing act, because, you know, once they introduced, like, Mega Blaziken, like, it was instabanned. Same with, like, Mega Lucario, because they're just overpowered. Like, you can balance. It's a lot easier to balance moves than it is to balance, like. Typings. Uh, yeah, typings and matchups. And please, I want them to just integrate some more variety that isn't, like, a gimmick. Like, it just needs to be, like, a mainstay. Like, Megas are cool. They're a gimmick. They're 100% a gimmick. Right. That's why they get rid of them. The next one, it was like, oh, oh Z moves. Z moves. Oh, now Gimmick. it's Gigamax. Gigantamax. But like, that's what I'm. That's what I want. I want more variety with my Pokemon because I'm. Ta- I'm taking the same types. Yeah, I'm taking like, the same Pokemon every game, and I'm like, I haven't used an Ice type on my team because Ice types suck. That is, yeah. I mean, Ice types literally have such a potential because Freeze is such a great status yes like freeze shuts you down worse than a burn worse than a a badly poisoned toxic because there's a difference Mm -hmm. i believe is is there is there still a difference do you know yeah better it's way better than like press it's like even if it's like a one-turn guaranteed freeze or something like that like they just need to do something with it because ice types are just so put to the wayside and there could be so much more utility i swear ice types could be the next like true glass cannon to get them good moves, like you said, with freeze-dry, that is super effective against types that they normally wouldn't be able to match up against. But having such weaknesses that, like, like Snover is an iced grass, four times weak to ice. Uh, not ice, fire. But imagine if it had some, like, one move super effective against fire. Right. Instant. That needs like, to be on your and team. And that would be really fun to play against. Like, not yes. even from, like, a term of just, like, meta, of just, like, having an interesting team comp. And playing against your friends, like literally just like having basically an entire team that is a blunderbuss and just firing shards of glass. Like, let's see what I can do with this. Right. And it's just that's what disappoints me about the like the recent games. I think just Pokemon in general, because, again, I can't say anything for little six year old me. Because I was just like, look at these cool monsters. I, I, I'm friends with them. Same. That's same. that's that's what drew me in. Now I'm like, okay, let's figure out like a battle strategy. Let's try to like have a little bit of a challenge. Let's try something else that we haven't tried. And it's just like, it's not viable. Yeah. It's like, you know, bloomer me, six years old. Like, oh my God, this is a penguin and he looks regal. Now doomer me is like. Oh my god, it's got a garbage nature. Time to reset. Right. I literally reset from my Empoleon to have a good nature. Mm-hmm. I caught multiple Abra, so my Alakazam would have like a good nature. Right. And like, do I want to do that? No. But do I want the edge? Yes, I do. It's just... <laughs> Pokemon has such potential to be a really great game. And I think 
with a lot of the big Nintendo titles. Well, it's not even they have the potential to be a great game. Pokemon has been a great game. It's just like all the priorities of game design that were there during like Gen 5 and late Gen 4, they just fell to the wayside. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it, it, it is a great game. But I think Nintendo's priority, especially with a lot of its big titles like Mario and Pokemon specifically, I'm excluding Zelda because of Breath of the Wild. That was a big change. They just got complacent. They were like, this works. This is the formula. I, th- I think it's like half complacent, half like they just want to make it the entry level, the entry barrier for children like so much more lower. But even then, you don't need to understand the, the mechanics of Pokemon to enjoy it. Like <clears throat> you think that I knew how to play the game when I was six and there was a much better game going around? Absolutely not. That's not what people care about. No. And uh, I don't know. It, it's just... <laughs> I want so much more from Pokemon, and I think Nintendo is going down that path of just, we're, I'm not saying that the new games from Pokemon are just so easy, and the older generations are just so much better, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm definitely seeing a trend that some of the mechanics have been dumbed down, and they've been made easier. Yeah, like, I mean, one of the things that I don't like, like, one of the things I like about that is that they have made some good quality of life changes. Right. Like, Like, you know, like the TMs. In Gen 5, when they introduced, like, unlimited uses, that was great. That was fine. Nobody complained about that. No. But, you know, the second, the thing is, though, like, you know, with the EXP show that we were talking about earlier, like, I'm cool with that. But I'm not cool with not having the ability to turn it off. That's what we're asking for. It's just customized difficulty. And I'm saying that for, like, every game. Every game should have the ability to customize your difficulty. Like, they, they don't even need to put that much stuff in. They just need to throw the people a bone that have played the games before. Yep. Because I guarantee you people wouldn't be complaining about the easiness of Pokemon if they just had the ability to turn off the EXP all. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't know why it's it's always on. Like, I guess I get it, like, it, it being on. Like, would I turn it off? If I was specifically going after, like, okay, I want this playthrough to be, like, a more challenging one, I would turn it off. Right. But, you know, if I'm playing casually, I won't turn it off. But... The issue is not giving players the option is what is really bugging me with how they're designing the games now. It's just the fact that everything that has made the games good or that has at least presented itself in the game's past as a strong feature is just slowly being worn away as they sacrifice those to make the games more accessible, even though the games themselves are already infinitely accessible. It's rock, paper, scissors. It's not hard. <laughs> like, like, it's it's not a hard concept to get behind where they're like, your three main starters are rock, paper, scissors. Then they start introducing the more challenging typing, you know, steel, ground versus rock, and then you have dragon and whatever. Right. But, but like, that's always during the late game. That's, like, always, that's like what I'm you saying. are slowly introduced to, the you know, to more types, and you understand how they interact by battling. But no. But no, but now we're but gonna. No. But now we're gonna have experience share on everything, and then it's like you said, is it's not having the option for certain quality of life things that really do bug me. Because I think if Pokemon had a custom difficulty, they had it in the. What they had it in black and white. They had it. They had in black and I white believe. too. I believe it, it might have been black and white too. But I think you could exchange like keys, and it was after you beat the Elite Four, you could play the game again. And the, you know, the levels on everything would be slightly higher. Right. 
which you know like it doesn't make it that much harder of a game no but the fact that they did that as an option is crazy right i i've been playing a lot of xenoblade chronicles 2 granted i don't like how they did their custom difficulty it was behind a 20 dollar dlc dlc is great i love the dlc but to have that custom difficulty behind the dlc is just like all right why would you do that when you had a free update for more dlc but whatever literally don't give them ideas <laughs> we gotta stop recording you gotta edit that out right um but their custom difficulty when i say custom i mean custom it was like how much hp does the enemies have how much damage do you do how much damage does the enemy do uh what type of items do you get like how much how much items do you get it was it was directly customizable to your benefit and there are ways that it didn't tell you it got customized where you're like i'm super powerful and everybody else is weak. There's ways that the that the system was just like, all right, well, we can't just let you breeze through everything. We have some in-place limiters that they're like, you can only go past this much. And I and I liked that. Right. And I'm not saying they need to be that in-depth for Pokemon. I just, they just need some some form of custom, customizable, custom, an ability to customize. I can't say it, but... That way, you have people that are, like, you have kids that are coming into the new games that literally have never touched a Pokemon, and they're like, I don't know how to play this. All right, cool. Well, you have the option to have experience share on. Uh, maybe you have the option to have TMs use, be used infinitely. infinitely. Yeah. And then for people that are like, hey, I want a challenge, they can turn that off. Maybe have a Nuzlocke version integrated into the game, because that's super big. I don't know. I... <laughs> I think I think Nintendo just with a lot of the games is just have the ability to have options. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason is just they're just so stuck in their head for their marketing because it's like, you know, Zelda's always been like I guess a more mature right series in terms of just how they frame the universe and how they you know build the characters. But you know, they have more accessible games for younger children like spirit tracks like phantom hourglass like the minish cap and wind waker that's right. are set apart from the more like teenage young adult adult appeals of uh you know like ocarina of time majora's mask skyward sword but granted even in those games like i remember uh phantom hourglass you had that creepy ghost ship thing right like the, like it wasn't like this game is only for children and this game is only for adults. Like, there was a mix. Like, you would have Twilight Princess, while that's the quote-unquote gritty version, dark version of Legend of Zelda, like, the entire, like, first part of it, it's just you around the farm. Right. Doing, like, hurting... Doing manual hard labor. Ma going to hard, Michigan like... State University <laughs> and getting a degree in agriculture. Literally, like, it's... And that's how we felt about Gen 5. I still felt like I was a kid playing Pokemon. Like, Pokemon isn't, like, this rated M game or ra even rated T. But it was a much, it was a darker ver story for Pokemon. Right. Yeah, like, you know, what I was really thinking about, like, the team motos and everything. You know, like, oh, Team Galactic. You know, like, they literally steal Pokemon. Like, they would literally not be able to get away. Even though Cyrus is arguably, like, you can make a case for Getsis, which I'll get to in a bit. Um, of just being like the darkest villain. Right. But it's like the only team that would legitimately be feasible in like an actual like universe with laws and common sense would be Team Plasma because they're not like, they're more of like a cult 
than a team. And keep in mind, in Black and White 2, Getsis literally commits an act of terrorism. Yep. Like, he freezes Opelucid City. Yeah. And the fact that they went there, I respect so much. No, and that... And- that's why I love Team Plasma. Not only because it's banger of a theme. I love that intro. Which is like PETA, yeah, but it's also like that's that would legitimately first of all, yeah, Team Plasma, banger. So good. But also like, you know, that would legitimately be like an issue that is not easy to solve in the Pokemon universe. No, and they did such a good job because even at like like eleven year old me was like, they make some kind of good points. Not to lie. But they would talk about like hey, your Pokemon can't talk. Like, you would have to give them, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Your Pokemon can't talk, but you were purposely trying to imprison them. Right. And it's just like, well, yeah, that's true. And then it kind of went down that, like, cult route of just, like, now you have to release them. Because one of the things, like, one of the things that I liked is that Team Plasma's ethos and the way that they explained a lot of what they're saying as part of their mission statement was pretty nuanced for a children's game. Right. Like, it was open, and it didn't explicitly, like, Getsis, I think, would, like, explicitly say this, or, you know, like, they'd explicitly say that. But you got the feeling that, you know, because they're grunts, they don't have a complete understanding of, you know, how the world works and everything. And the way that N begins to doubt Getsis and everything that he's been taught as you progress through the game and realizes that, you know, the protagonist has had... Uh, like a legitimate relationship that is very obviously like a reciprocated one really changes his view of thinking. And I think that's such a great way to describe the friendship mechanic that has been so overplayed in these games where you, like we were talking about earlier, where Hop is like, man, you just have such a great relationship with your Pokemon. No wonder I lost. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, cool. I've like, known to this. To the point where even like, you know, like they introduced in the game, like, oh, Alakazam recovered from a burn so you wouldn't feel bad or you know he toughed it out to one HP so you wouldn't be disappointed which you know like if you're gonna integrate that fine like Cyrus has a Crobat you know that he's got max like friendship I want to see Crobat tough it out for Cyrus right like at least like if you're gonna do that make it even because you I guarantee you that the protagonist in the games that you're playing as is not the only person in the world who with Pokemon that love them Right, like, and that's why I loved N so much because he had Pokemon that were like we're actually friends. If I'm remembering this right, yeah, no, because it showed that it, I think in like the 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 game intro that he like grew up with like in the wild with like a Darmanitan and like you know he's known Zora for his entire life. So it's basically like yeah, it's in a Pokeball, but it's like it's more of like a chosen like camaraderie, kind of like how like Pikachu follows Ash in the anime and in the series as a friend instead of like a tool. Right. And I like the way that they acknowledge that in N's backstory. Right. And I think that's just such a more nuanced version of Pokemon and discussion because like, again, speaking of PETA, like you had that like, and it's animal cruelty to make them want to do this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, now we have like an actual open discussion about it. You now consider what the Pokemon feels rather than just, this is a tool for me to beat up the champion. And they took it in such a extreme version in X and Y because it went from, what was it? Team Galactic was like, we're creating a new world because we can. Then it was Team Plasma, nuance maybe you should release your pokemon because they're probably not happy and then in x and y 
forget the leader's name, but I always oh, want to call Lissandre? him. Oh, Lissandre? Yes. I always want to call him Lion because he just yeah, hairs. The... Like... And he's got like a male pyro. <laughs> yes. Literally, like he's like, Pokemon are the true leaders of the world and we need to release them so they can rule over us. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say like poke the fifth generation of Pokemon is like the best game, but it's I mean, like, in but... my, I would say like late fourth gen to fifth gen was banger after banger. That was definitely like the time to play Pokemon. Like platinum, heart gold, soul silver, black and white, black and white too. Like a lot of my friends kind of grew out of Pokemon like around that age. But like, you know, when you're slowly becoming an edgy 12, 13 year old boy, right? When they start introducing like ideas as like the main catalyst of the argument to be had in like the Pokemon games, that uh, gobble gobble, let me tell you, like that (laughs) appealed to me so much as a burgeoning little communist boy. Like the fact that it was something more deep than just like, I want to be the champion. Like, it just shows like they really don't need to do that much. They just need to make, they just need to focus on the characters and the universe that they're building to make a genuinely compelling game. Right. This game is like Pokemon at its core is an RPG. And for a lot of RPGs, the story is what draws people to it. It's not the mechanics. Of course, the mechanics can draw, but it's like the main selling point is just we're here for the story. So when Pokemon is more focused on the gimmicks for battle, that's when I fell off. I was just like, I'm I'm not here. I'm not I'm not here to be the champion. That might be the protagonist story, but I'm here to explore. I, like again, I wish I had that option, just to be like I want. I don't want to be a champion. I want to. I just want to explore this world and learn more about it. And without that good story hook, it's just like it's not appealing. Right. And like the exploration is something that they've like kind of watered down. Like. I think they began to fix it because like even one of the things that I've always heard to be like the worst aspect of Gen 5 is just that it's very linear. But in Black and White 2, you know, they had these very like labyrinthian dungeons and caves, some of which were completely optional where, you know, if you went out of your way to legitimately go seek adventure, you would find it. Yeah. And now like with the... Was it the battle area? Like, wouldn't you get, like, turned away or something like that? Or, like, you couldn't go into certain areas until you had a specific amount of badges, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that, like, even though the wild area, I think, is, like, good in theory, it just made... It just was one of the things that made Sword and Shield feel, in my opinion, like the most claustrophobic Pokemon game. Yeah. Was because, what, like, the only cave... Or were there two? Like, the only cave was a line. Yeah. And I... And, and... That's that's my problem with Pokemon as a whole is that no matter how many dungeons you have, it's still very linear. You literally, I mean, which is not a bad thing at it's all. It's not a bad thing. And if they wanted to fix it, just open it up. Literally just, listen, don't get me wrong. I love the creativity that they have for the roadblocks because sometimes it's funny. Like sometimes they're just like, I spilled my coffee. I'm not letting anybody pass because I'm I'm not happy. And I'm like, okay, dude. You know what? Fair. You know what? Me Fair. too. Me too. I would do that. But I think the ability to just roam would be interesting because I think that way, like, I think you could still have Victory Road be blocked off by badges. But I think the ability to go to the level, like, 60 grass area 
and start exploring there like how interesting would that be like suddenly you just have like a level 60 but you still have the mechanic of hey it's not always going to listen to you well the thing is like the won't always listen to you thing i think if they did that they would have to like scale it up like they would have to be like it would it just straight up would not listen to you. like it would literally just like fall asleep right you know like yeah i guess you could stall with it but you wouldn't be able to like actually use it mm-hmm. because that would i remember battling one of my friends when i was like 13 and he transferred like a lot of his Pokemon from black and white to uh, black and white too. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, of course, like a level 100 Zach. I was like, here, let me battle you with my old team and see if they'll listen to me. And they, I believe there wasn't a single turn where they didn't listen to him. Right. And I, and I think, I think again, this is just like an idea that I just had. So it's not like thought out or anything, but I think if they were to expand it again, just up the challenge mode. Uh, if you don't want that just have it to where like they did this in dragon quest 11 after a certain level you don't get experience from battling so it's like you are always on cap for level okay we're just going back to the options just having options in your game nintendo it's a good thing not just having two different versions of the game just having options inside the game. Rowan, those are technically options. I must enlighten <laughs> you. <laughs> you asked for options, and it, you got them. Do you want the blue Pokemon, or do you want the pink Pokemon? Purple. What color is Palkia? Pink. I think it's Kish? pinkish. Pink. I'll say it's pink. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Just like. That's one of the things that I always, because I always thought that the locations in Sun and Moon were really interesting mm-hmm. because obviously Hawaii, when you're using it as like the idea for the terrain that you're building in a game is going to be so dynamic, but just the way that the game held your hand for the entire time was so off-putting that it completely killed the immersion in the game because, you know, I, I actually do not think that Sun and Moon are as bad as I thought they were. It was just that like, Every five minutes, Hal would talk about Malasadas, and you'd be in some cutscene that you can't skip, and it was just, I just want to- You're on a tour. I'd stop. Like, please. You're not, a, you're, you're a tour, you, you're, Hal is a tour guide. He's not your rival, he's a tour guide. He's taking you down these roads, and he's explaining the vast history of this one tree, and you're like, cool, can we move on? He's like, no, 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 no five more paragraphs Anyways. and there's another tree and there's another it. tree that i must describe and it's just like okay cool i don't care that's the other thing the story's not interesting the history is not interesting when end would come up to me and be like i'm describing the like the history of pokemon i'm like uh-huh keep talking anyway king anyways <laughs> you got more information anyways you want to go get coffee while you do it like yeah like <laughs> It was interesting, but, like, the most recent games, like, they're trying to do, like, this history thing, and they either, A, just info dump you, or, B, they just hold your hand the entire time. I, I kind of felt like they're doing that in every single game now, mm-hmm. which is, you know, honestly, like, it's fine. Just give me the option to turn it off. Give me the option to, like, just skip it or be like, do you want to know how to do this? Yes or no. And I, when I say that, I don't mean, like, in the in the previous games where if they would do that they would still explain it to you anyway like when your mom gives you a pair of shoes yep where it's like don't like don't forget to press b to run like i told you i don't need an explanation so please just don't give me one like if you just gave me something like that cool you know we'd have the best of you'd have the middle ground 
where seasoned players would be able to have an engaging, fun time. Not that they don't already do. You know, I had fun with my copy of Brilliant Diamond, but it's also like I just want to. I I just want the games to have less flaws than they do now. That's all that I ask for. Just less objective flaws. Yes. It's cool for them to be accessible, but. When they, when you should be thinking about accessibility, you shouldn't just be thinking about children that are six or five or seven. Yes. You should be thinking about capturing and making the games accessible for people who haven't played the games in a while, for people who want to continue playing the games. Right. And it's just like, I think that's where the options come back in. I mean, like you have people that like, I don't know, like there's different versions of accessibility that I think of when they're like, I want accessibility options. Well, you talking about like what they did with Last of Us 2? Where they were like, we have all new graphics for different versions of what you what a person may need. Or are you talking about like we're talking about where it's like we just want options to make the game accessible to both veterans and new players. Let me tell you, when it says E for everyone, it better mean everyone. Right. <laughs> I think that's great. This is the great uh, like conclusion line. Just like E for everyone means E for everyone. Honestly, Earthbound, kids to adults, it was for kids to adults. Yep. Like, just, they just need to focus on making games as an art form first before monetizing them, which I get is not something that you can ask for. But it just makes sense as a business student. If you have a good product that already has a following and it gets even better, believe it or not, I know this sounds crazy. But people are going to buy it. No way. I don't believe you. Like, I mean, granted, you could also say that, like, it takes less resources to make an inferior product that people are still <laughs> going to buy. However, don't let that distract you from the fact that more people will buy it if it's better. Right. I think it's just Nintendo needs to move away from we are a kid's game company and move to an we are an every person game company. They really need to just slap the E for everybody on their thing. Yeah, they they build... They always, like, center around their marketing and the way that they frame their software and their hardware around families. But a family isn't just a 30-something mom and a 30-something dad with an 8-year-old boy and a 6-year-old girl. Right. It could be two loving adults with no kids. It could be two middle-aged people trying to have some fun and see what the the kids are doing these days with the fancy new gadgets. Right. It could be a college party. Right. Like, a family is so much more than just, like, a nuclear family. Yeah. Like, it's just transcended into just having a good time with people whose relationships matter to you. And honestly, that's what they should be targeting. Right. But they won't. I don't know what I think. <laughs> uh, I think that was a good opinions episode. I agree. Yes. You sound like you were going to say more. That's fine. I wasn't. I don't know. But next episode, hopefully we'll have our guest on. And we can dig real deep into our hot takes and opinions on the entire Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Trent, I hope you're still not in traffic. <laughs> I will hopefully have played more so I have better opinions than I beat the tutorial. <laughs> but with that, this is Joysticks signing off. 
Joysticks is brought to you by Impact 89 FM. You can find more episodes on impact89fm.org.